Amen. Well, good morning, faith family. It's good to see you. And I, I tell you, I just am so thankful for what Jesus is doing in the lives of so many people. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand this morning? I tell you, it's, uh, it's just so encouraging to me to hear the different testimonies. And uh, there's so many different ways that God is working in our faith family these days. And it's just so exciting to to hear uh, on video or just here in the hallway or, or just uh, through emails, just the, the many different ways that he's working in our life and how he's, he's uh, greater than all that we may face in this world. Amen? And so that's just something worth celebrating here this morning. I tell you, um, before we dive into the Word here this morning, I want to just bring up a couple of things that are, that are happening in our church and I want you to uh, be aware of as we continue to move forward. Um, one of the things that's going to be happening in two weeks is our, uh, our annual DPK Children's Camp. Uh, it's going to happen right here at Cross Point Church. And if you have a child that would like to be a part of that, or if you'd like to volunteer and be a part of that, we need volunteers, and we, we want to make an opportunity for our children to register for this event. You can see those in the Next Steps area, the welcome desk, uh, if you need more information about that. But in just two weeks, our, our children's camp is going to be here at Cross Point. It's going to be an exciting time. It always is uh, for our children in our church and in our community. And then the other thing I want to mention is uh, coming up July the 17th. That's a Sunday evening. We're going to have another One Big Life group. And if any of you were at the, the last time that we did One Big Life group here, where we bring all the life groups together and we do uh, a covered dish dinner here and we just fellowship and, and then we get into the Word a little bit. It's an exciting time. Uh, one of the things that we heard when we did the last one was just how much everybody enjoyed it. It is probably close to being one of the largest covered dish dinners you've ever been to in your life, you know. But uh, I tell you, it was a great time. And I want to just say this too. If you're not currently in a life group, I still would want to invite you to come and be a part and fellowship with, with everyone that's here. Uh, this is a church-wide event. This is a time for us all to come together and to be a part. And uh, who knows, you may even meet uh, somebody in a life group and, 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 and become a part of the life group here in the church. Our life groups are very vital to the life of this church and, and, and just pouring into one another and caring for one another. So I just want to encourage you to be here for that Sunday, July the 17th. That's an exciting thing that's going to be happening in the life of the church. So those are just a couple of things I wanted to mention. Let's pray this morning and uh, just prepare our hearts and our minds to dive into God's Word here together. I know you're going to be encouraged by God's Word. God has a, a great Word for us. So let's just, let's just pray. Father, thank you for this day. And thank you, God, for the amazing testimony that we just heard as Aaron was testifying, God, of how you have done so much in her life. God, how you rescued her from from panic attacks, from anxiety, from fear, from worry. And God, you've given her a peace and a joy that has replaced all of that. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. God, where we have come and we gather here collectively to worship you. And Father, the worship this morning has just been incredible as we have lifted our voices in song and adoration and praise to you. God, as we have continued to worship through our giving and, and now, Lord, even moving to the reading and preaching of your word. And Father, I pray that as we prepare our hearts to, to hear from you this morning, that God, you would help us to set aside every distraction that exists in our life. And God, every distraction that would, help, that would hinder us from, from hearing from you. And God, uh, just meet us here this morning where we're at. Lord, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for your presence in our life. God, we're so thankful 
that, Lord, we, uh, we have the opportunity to worship you and to, to walk with you each and every day. Father, be with us now as we dive into your word, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we're diving into an issue that, uh, that to some degree affects every one of us in this room. We're going to be talking this morning about worrying and about being anxious over our life situations. You know, we began this series talking about the reality that Jesus is greater than all of our issues, and each week we're wanting to dive into a particular issue. And so this week, the issue that we're looking at is the issue of worrying and being anxious. And, and most of us, uh, even though we may not struggle with that, maybe you're here today and you don't really struggle with that, we do have those moments in our life where we begin to sense worry kind of coming to the surface in our life or, or us being a little bit anxious about different things. And so uh, we want to talk about that this morning. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of different things that we worry over and we, we get anxious about. Some of those things that we worry about are really not even in our control. And, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves worrying to death over something that, that we can't do anything about. I remember several years back, my, I was leading a, uh, a mission team to Honduras, and we were preparing to go out. And I remember my daughter, Rebecca, she came to me and she said, Dad, she said, I feel like God may uh, be calling me to go on this mission trip. And, and if you knew my daughter back then, you would know that, that this was a big deal because she, is, she was just terrified of flying. She was scared to death of flying. She'd never flown and just had this great fear of it. And I asked her about her fear of flying, and she said, well, you know, obviously I'm going to have to turn to God and, 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 and just, you know, him, see him help me through this because that, that does concern me a bit. But, uh, but as we prepared to go and we got ready to go and everything, I just saw God just sort of working in her life. And, 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 and that day finally came. We got on that airplane in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. We were living there at the time. We flew to, to New York. And I said, well, how was it? She said, gosh, I actually like flying. And it was just a, it's kind of a neat thing. And so then we got on a, another plane. And now we're going to head over the Atlantic Ocean over to London. And from London, we were going on to Hungary. And so that was our, our flight. We, were, we headed out over the ocean. It was a night flight, so we're flying in the dark. And, and most everybody on the plane was sound asleep. And, and as we're flying along there, we're, we're right over, you know, you're tracking on that little map. And there's the only place that you're, that, that's out there in the ocean is an iceberg, right? You see that on the map. It's called Greenland. And there it is. And we're sort of going by that. And, and all of a sudden, something happened. The plane began to fill up with smoke. The plane had caught on fire, and we were at 40,000 feet, and uh, the plane was filling up with smoke, and, and I was awake at the time, so I smelled it probably before a lot of people. A lot of people were just sleeping, and, and, and I knew exactly what it was. I mean, there's no, there's no denying what's happening. You know, smoke is filling up the cockpit, and, and one by one, people started waking up, and, 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 and believe it or not, it was very quiet. It was, it was very quiet, but my daughter, she was sleeping right beside me, and I, I remember just thinking about that and the fact that she wanted to be on this trip and I'm thinking it's over right and so anyway all of a sudden her head just kind of came up very quickly like you know because she had smelled the smoke and she says daddy what is that and I said Rebecca that is airplane burning up that's what that is okay and so I didn't know what else to say but just be honest I think our plane's on fire you know and she says daddy all my anxiety has returned you know all my fear has just crept right back into this place. And I remember she just went just like this and started praying, you know. 
But it was one of those things that we had no control over. There was nothing we could do. There's nothing you can do at 40,000 feet when your plane is on fire. Now, the pilot could do something. I can't do anything. And, and fortunately, very fortunately, the pilot, he got down to a certain altitude. The extinguishers put the fire out, and we landed on that iceberg for two days. It was a wonderful time. So anyway, but the reality is we oftentimes worry to death over things we don't have any control over, things that just... You know, we, we just don't, we can't do anything about. And those times are times when we, quite honestly, should just turn to God. That's really all we can do, right? But, you know, this, this morning what I want to talk about is the reality that, that dealing with anxiety and worry and stress and, and fear, those things that creep into our life, have a lot more to do with perspective than anything. Because, you see, those things don't bother you quite so much when you can honestly say in your heart, God is greater. Jesus is greater than whatever comes my way. Even if it's a burning airplane, Jesus is greater. You know, we don't know how this thing's going to end. We don't know how this thing's going to, you know, end up. But, uh, but the reality is Jesus is greater. And that's, that's a matter of perspective. And so this morning, as we dive into God's word, I pray that that, um, that we could understand, that we could come to a place of believing that peace is greater than our worry and our anxiety, that peace is greater, and only Jesus can give us that peace. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Here's the reality, that worry and anxiety and fear, all of those things, they rob us of the peace that we should be walking in each and every day of our life as believers in Christ Jesus. They rob us of that. And so I'm praying that today we would gain a little more perspective and that we would come to a, a complete belief and trust that, that Jesus truly is greater than anything we could ever face. This morning, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going this morning, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 is where we're going to start. And um, I encourage you to read along with me as we dive into this. And while you turn there, let me just, let me just tell you a few things. Let me give you some perspective of, of, of our passage before we dive into this. Now, one of the things that we know is that the Apostle Paul, in writing this letter, was actually in prison when he wrote it. Philippians is one of four what we call the prison letters or the prison epistles. And so it's one of those letters that he was writing while he was in prison. And I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting in prison, I pretty much would probably have a, a pretty dim outlook on life. But yet, what we see is, in this, this letter specifically with the Philippians, is that this is a letter that is really one of encouragement. It's a, it's a letter that points to joy. It's a letter that points to trusting in Christ. It's a letter that points to walking with Him uh, through life and just knowing that He is God and that He is sovereign. And, and so, it, it's really amazing because Paul is talking about all of these things, but Paul is in prison, and I, and I want to, before we dive into the passage this morning, I want that to just soak in just a little bit. He's been wrongly accused. He's been, he's been placed in prison, a place he doesn't belong. He doesn't know the outlook on life. I mean, he's in, he's in a pretty bad position. And yet, as we begin to read this letter that was written to the people, the believers in Philippi, as we begin to read this letter, we see on the very onset that the Apostle Paul is encouraging them to remain strong in whatever it is that they face, to, to persevere with a spirit of joy, 
to always trust and believe that God is in control. We see all of this by his writings as he reveals to us his faith in a sovereign God. And so, you know, I'll give you an example. Like in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, we see a very familiar passage here where Paul wrote. He says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now listen to what he's saying. He's sitting in prison. He doesn't know what tomorrow will bring. And he says this at the onset of this letter, if I am allowed to live, then so be it, I will live for Jesus. But if, I, if for whatever reason I die tomorrow, then I gain everything. That doesn't sound like somebody's dealing with anxiety, does it? It doesn't sound like somebody who's dealing with, with worry. He's not worried too much about the outcome. He knows that God is in control. He knows that God has got this, and he is finding his joy in the reality that God is sovereign, that Jesus is sufficient for him. And so we see this on the onset of this letter. As we continue to read in Philippians chapter 3, 7, we see these words where he says, but whatever was to my prophet, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. You know, one of the things he's not concerned too much about is, is, is what he has in this, in, in, what his belongings are in this world. He, he doesn't care. You know, things in this world mean really nothing to him because he's given his life to Jesus. And so, again, he's sitting in prison, he's writing a letter, and all that we see as we read this letter just reeks of joy and trust in God and belief that God's in control and everything's going to be okay. He is not dealing with anxiety, something that I would think we would see uh, by today's standards, certainly, as we see someone writing and sort of writing about their situation in prison. Maybe for all of us here today, that would be more how we would write the letter. But here we see Paul really encouraging us to stand strong and to trust in God and to believe that Jesus is greater than all of our circumstances. And so we, we want to look at that here together today in, in uh, Philippians 4, starting with verse 4 and going through verse 9. Read with me, if you will. Here's what we see. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, then practice these things, <clears throat> and then he finishes up with this, this phrase, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, almost every single day of our life, we encounter issues or circumstances or situations that cause some sense of anxiety or worry or concern in our hearts. We face this almost every day. Sometimes it's very mild, like you know, we've studied for a test, and, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a, maybe a final exam, and we go to take that exam, and, and we find ourselves as the exam is being passed out, our heart's beating a little bit, a little bit nervous. You know, we want to, 
We want to make that A, don't we? We want to make that A, or maybe we're praying for a C. I don't know, but whatever it is we're praying for, we're, that's what we're hoping for. And, and it causes a little bit of anxiousness. It causes a little bit, uh, you know, we, as soon as we take the test, we can't wait for the grade to come out, or either we flee and hope that nobody will ever find out what we made. I, I don't know, but, but the reality is we face these sort of anxieties every day. Things come up in life. But some things aren't so mild, are they? Sometimes there are those who are dealing with losing a job, and, and in that losing of their job, they're now wondering with how they're going to pay for their, uh, for the, to support their family, how they're going to keep a roof over their family's head, how they're going to feed them, how they're going to keep from being homeless. And, and those things are not quite so mild, are they? Those are things that seem to last for days rather than just a moment in a classroom. But the reality is every single day we face things that cause us to, to go into a place where we feel a little bit anxious about the situation. And the question that we should ask ourselves this morning is, how do we respond to that? What is it that sort of displaces that anxiety? What is it that, that takes our worry and, and moves it to the side and replaces it with joy? Or if not joy, at least, hopefully, peace in our life. And what we see here is that the Apostle Paul is speaking a lot about this. And what, what I've come to realize as is, is I've studied this issue throughout Scripture is that, that God doesn't desire us to live our lives worrying about the situations, but instead trusting in Him and His sovereignty and His presence in our life as believers in Christ Jesus. And so here we see a passage where Paul is, is, is sort of presenting this to us in a, in a very real and tangible way. In our text here, I, I found myself as I was reading through this text, just sort of journaling some thoughts as I, as I went along. And, and as I was doing that, I, I realized that these were things I wanted to present to you this morning as we dive into this text. And the first thing that I wrote down here as I was reading this it was this. And this is for me personally, and maybe it's for you as well, or maybe it's for all of us since this is God's Word and it would speak truth into our life. But what I wrote down was this. It is in trusting God that I find my obedience. It is in trusting God that I find my obedience. And let me explain what I mean by that. What I came to, to believe as I was reading through this text is that when I find myself not trusting God, when I face circumstances, when I find myself not leaning on Him, but rather finding myself worrying and being anxious and, and not walking in his peace, when I find myself doing that, that really what I'm doing is living a life of, of, of really disobedience, especially as it relates to God's word here. Let me show you what I mean. As we, as we read through this, we see in verse 4, Paul says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so I look at that and I think, well, man, if I'm not rejoicing, am I living a life of, of disobedience? I mean, the Scripture is clearly teaching me to rejoice in all of these things. Maybe it's because Jesus is greater than all of these things, right? And so I continue to read, and I read through here, verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And I love that. That little phrase that's kind of right here in the middle of these few texts where it says, the Lord is at hand. Let me ask you a question here this morning, faith family. Have you ever been to a place where you were nervous and you were anxious and you were worried and you were fearful and you think that God is nowhere nearby? 
Have you ever been to that place? Have you ever been to a place where you may even feel as though God is unaware of what you're going through? Have you ever been to a place where as the, as the anxiety rises and, and we begin to worry about life circumstances that we even maybe wonder if God has abandoned us? Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And don't you know that the Philippians, when they read that letter, just like you and I, when we read that letter and they see those words, rejoice in the Lord always, their first reaction, their first pushback is, well, you don't know what's going on over here. And then he says this, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. If those aren't comforting words to you this morning, I don't know what is, but I, I tell you, for me, they are very comforting to know that when I'm going through whatever it is that I'm going through, that the Lord is near. And so here, Paul, he brings that home. He says, the Lord is near. And then he says here, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Let me, let me just stop right there and read that again. Verse 6, the first part of verse 6, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. It doesn't say this. It doesn't say don't be anxious unless it's a really big deal. It doesn't say don't be anxious unless, of course, it's a, something relational like your boyfriend broke up with you or your husband wants to leave. or you're... It doesn't say that, does it? This is what makes it so challenging to me. This is where I go, gosh, Lord, sometimes I don't know if you understand what I'm going through down here, right? And you do the same thing, I know. The reality is, this is the passage that challenges us to no ends when we read this. Do not be anxious about anything. If we just stop right there, if we just stop right there, we realize that to be obedient to God's word, to be obedient to God, then we should not be anxious about anything. And yet we know that there are so many things in our life that cause us to be anxious, to worry, to feel uncertain. And there must be a purpose in God's word teaching us this. And so for me, as I read through this, I, I began to realize that it is in the trusting of God that I find my obedience. But God, here's what I'm going through. But hey, listen, I, I'm not worrying about it because I know that you are in control. Jesus, I'm not concerned about because I know that you are sufficient in all things. I think that's where God wants us to be as believers, as followers of Christ. Jesus is coming to a place where our trust outweighs our disobedience and not trusting him. We just simply trust him. And I understand how hard it is. I understand it because what I said here earlier is that all of us go through this almost on a daily basis. There are things in our life that, that cause. I love what Erin said in her video a while ago. She was talking about the reality how God had rescued her from, from panic attacks. And she says she doesn't panic anymore. Praise God for that. God has, has rescued her from that. But she said this, but there are moments of anxiety. There are moments that spring up. But it's how we react to those things. Do we choose to trust God in the midst of these? Uh, these moments or do we wallow in self-pity do we wallow in our grief do we begin to see the world as though the world has gotten the best of us or do we trust in God and I think that's what Paul's trying to say here's what I've come to believe here's what I've come to learn over the years just living my life that worrying doesn't help me at all have, have any of you ever found that worrying or anxiety has ever helped in anything? You know, here's what, I, here's what I wrote down in my journal. Worrying doesn't help at all, but trusting God helps enormously. It just does, doesn't it? 
And that's what Paul's saying. He, he, he's pointing out this reality that, that by trusting God, something begins to happen. It's not in our obedience that we find peace. No, it's, it's in what God is wanting to do in our life that we find peace. God is the author of peace. He is the father of grace. He is the author of this peace that we are looking for when we feel anxious, when we feel worried. And so we see this. Let me, let me just give you a couple of passages before I move on and and show you this other stuff, but I wrote these down. Here's a few, and some of these are very familiar to us, but Proverbs 3, 5 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Have you ever thought about how weird that verse is? It says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, it says, listen, the circumstances that you face you're most likely not going to figure them out. In fact, many times when we face those difficult situations, when we face those things that cause us to be so anxious over life, many times we may even begin to question, why me? God, why is this happening to me? God, where are you? You know, in our own minds, we begin to try to rationalize. We begin to try to understand. We begin to try to make sense of our circumstance. And the reality is we can never really make sense of the circumstances that we find ourselves in that cause so much anxiety. But the Word of God says, trust God with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And so what the Word of God says is abandon trying to figure it all out and just trust in God. It sounds real simple, doesn't it? But we all know it's pretty difficult. But that's what the Word of God says, and, and it's, it's teaching me that, that where I need to be as someone who is following Christ is to, to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And then in verse 2, it says this, he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. I love that. The, the psalmist, he writes, he says, he says, the Lord, who is his refuge, who is his fortress, who is his God, it's in that that he will rest. It's in that that he will place his trust. You know what that is? That's perspective. The psalmist is saying, listen, there are times in my life when I'm distressed, but God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is my everything. He's my fortress. He is the one whom I will trust. One more. Jesus in John 14, 1 says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. These are the words from Jesus himself. Let not your heart be troubled. But Jesus, if you only understand what I'm going through. You know how silly that sounds to him? <laughs> A sovereign God? I mean, his answer is, well, I do know what's going on with you. Right? Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled by whatever it is that you face in this world. We serve a mighty God. We serve a sovereign king. We serve a Lord who is sufficient in all things. And besides, for us to assume that anything, even our circumstances, are greater than God, well, then that would just be idolatry. 
right? For anything to be greater in our life than God, that would be idolatry. And so here we look at this, and, 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 I, and I come to this belief, this understanding that when I trust God, that's when I discover my obedience. When I can, when I can trust God in all things. In all things. Here's the second thing I wrote down in my journal, and I thought this was, it was challenging to me, but it's this. It, it, is, in, it is in prayer that my faith is revealed. It is in prayer that my faith is revealed. You know, it's amazing how we so often, you know, when we find ourselves in a situation that's dark and gloomy and we're just sort of wondering about it and, and we don't know where to turn, what to do. You know, it's, it's funny what, what we'll do. There's this thing called Google. I wonder what I should do in this situation. I mean, my gosh. You know, I wonder if Joe, I wonder if Jill, I wonder if they know what I should do in this situation because I am really worried to death right now about the situation I find myself in. You know, one of the things that, that I think is so powerful about what Paul is saying here in this passage, at least what he's revealing to me as I, as I look into this passage of Scripture, is, is I see that, that when, when I turn to God, when I go to Him in prayer, when I respond in a spirit of, Lord, I need you more than I need anyone else in my life right now. What that reveals about me is the faith that I have in God. And what Paul says here in the passage as we continue reading, he says, do not be anxious about anything. And then he says this, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. The Word of God here challenging us to turn to God when we face anything that brings us stress or worry or concern or fear into our life. Turn to God in prayer. You know, this word that, that we see here, this word prayer, it's, it's not just like, Father, you know, I love you, thank you, I'm a sinner, you know, forgive me of a sin. You know, it's not just a, it's much weightier than that. What we see happening, what Paul is basically referring to when he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. This word that he is using here, this, 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 this context of, that he is presenting to us in the passage here, he's literally talking about us moving from a place of worry and anxiety due to the circumstances that we're facing, moving from the presence of all of this, this pain in our life, and moving instead into the presence of God. This is adoration, this is worship, this is devotion. He says, why do you want to camp out over here? Why do you want to stay here? Turn to God in prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving in your heart and make your request known to God. He says, move into the presence of God. God is the one who is going to alleviate the anxiety. God is the one that's going to rescue you from your fear. God is the one who is going to grant you peace and joy in the midst of maybe the darkest circumstance you've ever faced in your life. Not your friends. Not Google. You know what I found Google to be useful for? Getting recipes from grilling outside. That's what I found 
I, I, I mean, man, I, I, I've gotten into just going to Google and seeing what recipes I can find for grilling outdoors. I don't know why. You know, I'm, I guess it's because I'm trying to cut out on carbs. I'm eating meat, and I'm just trying to see a thousand ways to eat bacon. You know, something. I mean, you just get tired of eggs and bacon and pork chops. Eggs and bacon and pork chops, right? So you, you look for these ideas. That's what Google's good for. Maybe I should turn to the Lord. I don't know. Maybe I should turn to the Lord, God. Help me. Instead of worrying, a child of God is counseled to pray. And I love what Paul says here. Paul, he says, he says pray. He says, by prayer. And then he uses this word, supplication. This is the action of asking for something earnestly. Begging. When we find ourselves in a dark place, then turn to God and make our request known to Him. Turn to Him as though He was our answer because He really is. Turning to Him and saying, God, I need you in my life. That's supplication. That's turning and, 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 and asking this request, giving God our needs. In fact, Paul says here in the passage, Make your request known to God. He says with a thankfulness, with thanksgiving, that's an expression of gratitude. God, thank you for what you have done in my life. Thank you for what you're going to do in my life. I used to have a pastor that would pray for me, and whenever he prayed for me, he'd say, God, I thank you in advance. I love that. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Many of us here are probably thinking, well, what if he doesn't? Deliver us from that problem that we face. That's not what we're seeking, is it? We're seeking peace. We're seeking peace. The final thing that I wrote down here was this. It is in God's promises that I find that peace. It's in God's promises that I find that peace. I want, I want to show you this. Look at what he says here in verse 7. He says, and the peace of God. You see that? Paul starts off this text and he says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. You're supposed to trust God. As a child of God, you're supposed to lean upon Him. You're supposed to trust Him. You're supposed to go to Him. He says, go to Him in prayer. Go to Him in supplication. Go to Him with a thankful heart. Turn to Him and pray. Turn to Him and make your request be known to God. And then what does He say? He doesn't say you might be delivered from your problem. He doesn't say you will be delivered from your problem. He says instead... He says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, some of us may be in a place where we are suffering. We're going through one of the darkest trials of our life. Whenever we find ourselves facing those things, we want to be delivered from that because none of us Enjoy suffering. But I think one of the greatest blessings in the midst of suffering is coming to a place where we are comfortable with it because we know that God is sovereign. And what we need in that moment is the peace of God. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. I love that. He says, have peace in the midst of, of what the world would define as troublesome, even if it doesn't make sense. Have peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You may have the peace of God and still not have it figured out yet. 
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And it says the peace of God, it is the peace of God that will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that word. It will guard our hearts. Do you realize as we read through this scripture this morning how deeply God cares about you? Do you realize that? How much he cares for you and for me? Do you see the love of God in this passage? As we cry out to a holy and righteous God, he is faithful to give us, to grant us the peace of God, which doesn't even make sense in some of our circumstances, and that that peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. It is God's promises that we find peace. Uh, you know, we, we've been given a, a promise each and every week in, in this series. I want to give you promise number four here this morning. I want to give you promise number four. These are good scripture memorization verses if you want to memorize them. But this one comes from Isaiah 43, verse 1. Isaiah 43, verse 1. And it says this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Don't you just love that? Fear not, the Lord says, because you are mine. Isn't that beautiful? How many of you are thankful that you belong to God? <clears throat> Corey Tinboom was a, a Dutch Christian who, along with her father, she helped many Jewish people escape the Nazi Holocaust in World War II. A young lady helping people survive in a dark time of their life but ultimately, she was captured and she was imprisoned. And her future was uncertain. Much like the Apostle Paul, she, she doesn't know what tomorrow might bring in her life. But she had enough faith and trust in the Lord Jesus that she, she once wrote these words. She said, let God's promises shine on your problems. I love that. Let God's promises shine on your problems. You know why that is so remarkable to me? Because here's the reality that every time God's promises will outshine your problem. I guarantee you. Turning to God, trusting in Him, following Him, believing in Him. This is what we need to do. Paul wraps up this passage in verse 9. He says this. He says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Another promise from God's word. Live your life trusting God. Live your life turning to him in prayer, and the peace of God will be with you. One of the questions I wrote down as I was sort of writing through this is God, how do we find that, that peace? What might be some action steps that we can take? And I remembered Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus says these words. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. First of all, Jesus says, come to me. When you feel anxious, when you feel worried, when you're fearful, when you're uncertain, Jesus says, come to me. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, he says, approach me. Come to me. Not to the world. Not to our friends. Not to a good book. Jesus the Lord of all says, come to me. He created the heavens and the earth, so I believe my problems are probably not near as great a challenge as that. And my Savior says to me, and he says to you, he says, come to me. Who? All who are burdened. All who labor. All who fear. All who are anxious. Come to me. This is what Jesus says. And listen to what he says. He says, come to me, all you who labor, all you who are burdened, all you who are anxious, come to me, approach me. Come to me, he says. And he says, I will give you rest. Rest. Peace is restful. Rest is peaceful. Jesus says, come to me, approach me, rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. He says, yield to me and learn from me. He says, flourish in your walk with me. Jesus is greater than all of my anxiety and all of my worry and all of my fear and all of my uncertainty. And here's the truth of the matter. Jesus is greater than yours too. He's greater. This morning, our band's going to come up here and they're going to sing our last song. We're going to have an opportunity to stand and worship. If standing and worshiping and singing the lyrics of this song is your greatest act of worship, then I encourage you to do that this morning, to just stand and sing with, with your heart and your soul. Just give praise and adoration to God. This morning, if your greatest act of worship is seeking counsel, I want you to know that our pastors will be down front, I'll be down front. If you have questions that need answers, we're here to help to point you to the cross, to point you to the gospel, to help you understand that Jesus is greater. If you still have unanswered questions, then, then we want to try to help you find the answers to those. We're here for you if that's your greatest act of worship. But this morning, if your greatest act of worship is coming to this altar and crying out to a holy God, one who cares for you, and one who is greater than all of your issues in your life. If you want to come and spend time with God and pray to Him and seek after Him and pray and ask God to help you to trust Him better, to know Him more, to flourish in His presence, 
to yield to his yoke, which is easy and light. If you need to come and spend time with God, then this altar is open. Let us just be people who respond. Maybe here this morning, we know family and friends and neighbors and co-workers who need our prayers, who are going through some of the darkest moments of their life. Again, this altar is open. Whatever your need, whatever your response this morning, let us be faithful. Let us be faithful as children of God to worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your presence in our life. Your presence in, our, in this place. And God, we are just so thankful for the reality that, God, your promises encourage us. Your promises, they challenge us. Father, I pray that for each and every one of us here today that may be, may be dealing with some of the, the toughest issues we've ever faced, that God, we would... God, we would recognize the need to remain obedient and trusting you and to, to following you, to leaning on you and not on our own understanding. Father, I pray that we as children of God would be faithful to, Lord, give our life to you, to take the burden from our own shoulders, God, and to give it over to you. God, your word promises that you will carry it for us. Father, I pray that today as we, as we think about the struggles of this life, that God, we would be children of God who seek after you, who hunger and thirst for you and your righteousness. Father, we love you. We praise you. We absolutely adore you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.